0: This is the Agent
1: Mind Podcast. Welcome to episode 32 of the Agent Mind Podcast. I'm your host, TJ McGraw. I'm an active investor and real estate agent, and I'm on that quest to define the perfect mindset in order to build wealth and live within our passions. This show is just all about having talks, having, talking to people, having conversations with really smart people. Um, I like that, you know, if, if you've ever heard that, uh, that the saying like make sure you're the you're the dumbest guy in the room the dumbest person in the room well that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast I want to be the the least smartest person in the room uh, when I'm talking to these folks because I'm trying to beg borrow and steal any little tips nuggets of wisdom that I can uh, impart into my business my life so I'm uh, really just I'm, I'm taking everything in through these conversations I hope you're doing the same and then and filtering it through my you know uh, unique situations, my unique business and trying to implement things as much as I can um, definitely mindset wise like mean, you, your your mind is able to change. You can train your brain to you can train your brain for success basically. That's it. I mean that's a, that's all. That's a very deep topic. We we could get into, which we won't do today. I'm trying to make this intro quick because I got kind of a long one today. My buddy Mark Abramovich is on the show. Mark the lender. Um, he is a uh, he's a lender, not the typical um, like residential lender that you would think of. If you're an agent out there listening and you have a buyer that needs a lender to get their personal house, this is not the guy. Um, he does not do those type of loans, residential loans and whatnot. He's he's loaning to um, investors. It's a, he's loaning money for short term loans, um, like if you're going to do a flip on a house, um, or if you're going to rehab a house and then uh, refinance it into a, a long-term hold. Um, and he also does um, uh, long-term hold uh, uh, loans as well. So I'm I'm going to let him talk about it. Um, I, I had so much fun it, it, during this conversation. Uh, so much knowledge, but th- this is the point. This is why I wanted to have Mark on the show. It, the number one reason is that Agents out there, I'm going to talk to both agents and investors if you're listening. So first of all, I'll talk to the agents. Real estate agents out there, if you are not working with investors, you are missing a huge opportunity, huge opportunity for, um, it just it, we're going to talk about all the opportunities you're missing in, in, in the show, but let's just, just note, make a note of that. You're missing a very big opportunity, number one, for repeat business, because what do investors do? I mean... They buy real estate. <laughs> they buy and sell real estate, that's what investors do. So you're missing out on repeat business. you're missing out on uh, building um, you know relationships with a whole slew of people that operate within the real estate space, um, whether it's contractors, um, you know other investors, lenders of a, you know of a different style, um, like we're going to talk to you today, um, the list goes on. But stay tuned. We're going to talk deep about that. Um, investors, if you're not, if you have a, a, listen, I know everybody's out there to make money. I know you don't, you don't want to spend any money that you don't have to spend. And I'm going to go kind of against the grain and, and say like, if you don't have to pay a real estate agent, then don't pay a real estate agent. That's just the that's the way it goes. It it, it, it it's silly if you, um, you know, find a deal on your own and you can go ahead and and get that deal closed without using a real estate agent, then it's silly for you. If you were going to go get a real estate agent, bring them into the deal and pay them a commission on that. So I understand that. So if you're an investor out there, but here, but listen to the, the, how agents can bring so much more to your business just by developing relationships with agents. Um, we're we're out there every day talking to buyers and sellers. Sometimes we come across houses that are not great, you know, they wouldn't they wouldn't look good on a listing. They need a little work, the deferred maintenance has happened because maybe the seller got into a little bit of financial trouble or they're they're a little bit older, whatever the case may be, they're you know, they're they're not able to get the house like sale ready, retail sale ready. So what if, if you're working with that agent as an investor, what is that agent going to do that agent's going to call you say hey I got a house they want to sell they want to close quick with cash it's in it needs some repairs here's a list you know a rough list of the repairs let's go Let, let's do it so we can help each other um, I know a lot of people know that I've, I've talked to a lot of agents that are like oh I don't work with investors they it's it's a it's a headache all they do is make offers and they all they do is want to lowball and they don't want they want to cut your commission blah blah blah. Don't don't look at it like that. It's it's the wrong way to look at it. And if you're an investor, and you're thinking, why do I need to pay an agent? They don't do anything. You know that's that's not not true. Also, so um, instead of me talking about this by myself here into this microphone, I'm gonna bring on Mark Abramovich, Mark the Lender Abramovich. Um, He's he's got his company is called Mears Group LLC, Um, and he like I said, he does uh, short term loans. Uh, Buying hold loans, um, really just it, helping people fund deals, um, and he's also a a coach, not only for investors. On you know, if you're a new investor and you want to figure out how to analyze deals, how to fund deals, how to get deals rolling, he's your guy to talk to. And what super cool, what I think he's doing, it, it, he's starting a coaching program for real estate agents he's teaming up with a a, a very um, very experienced agent who is also an investor uh, they're teaming up together and they're uh, they're launching a coaching program to help agents work with investors so i think it's cool they're bridging the gap bridging the gap so anyways i'm going to be quiet right now with the intro i know i said to keep it short but i i don't know i, I might not have it's, it might be a little over 6 minutes but anyways here welcome to the show in the Agent Mind Studio today, the, the fictitious Agent Mind Studio. Anyway, here he is, Mark Abramovich. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Uh, today I got a treat for you, Mark Abramovich from Mears Group. Uh, it's, it's his lending company. Um, he's been doing this for how long? You've been doing this now, Mark?
2: Since 2018.
1: All right, so been doing it for a while. Um, yeah. great guy. I, and now the the lending is. We'll we'll dig into it too. I'm going to ask him a lot of questions specifically. Um, he's not your, your regular old, uh, residential mortgage lender. So, um, he's got some cool stuff to talk about. Um, one about building a team a little bit about scaling, which is pretty cool. I want to dig into that. Certainly about lending. Um, one point I would definitely want to talk about with you, Mark is as a real estate agent working with investors and then maybe because there's some investors that listen to the show, maybe some investors can get some tips about the benefits of working with an agent, I know sometimes their agents are afraid to work with, with investors because, oh, there's they're so much work, they're a pain in the butt, they just want to make offers, and net, they want to they get a deal, and they want to cut your commission, blah, 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 blah. And then investors are like, all real estate agents do is, is collect a commission, and they don't work. So there's a little bit of a divide sometimes, but I think it's beneficial of, in not every case, but in a lot of cases to, to work together for sure. So um, anyways, welcome to the show, Mark happy to have you on here. Oh, one one more thing, Uh, stick around for the end because um, Mark's got a pretty cool giveaway for all my listeners today. So how's it going, Mark? Welcome to the show.
2: Oh, thank you, TJ. It's a pleasure to be here. And I think definitely we can collect uh, cover some interesting information about uh, agents uh, working with investors and the benefits investors. Um, There's definitely synergy uh, to be had there.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. And I'm, I'm big on, on, um, you know, as agents should, every agent should definitely get into investing or or aspire to get into investing. I mean, it just, it is a no brainer. I mean, it is your business. This is what you do for a living. Like get, you might as well go take that next step. It's not a very big one. Get into investing. And there's, there's plenty of ways to do it. So we definitely want to talk about funding. I mean, we could go. We, we got to probably rein it in, you know, because we could talk for probably about three hours and all the stuff I want to cover with you. So I guess let, let's start here. Let's start from the beginning. So what would you do before lending and how did you get into lending? And um, let's start right there and then, we'll, then I'm sure. sure we'll spur off.
2: My background is uh, 20 years of design engineering. Um, I have seven patents to my name. So uh, oh, I didn't know, you know that. I'm- yeah, cool. I wasn't cool. the one-hit wonder. I uh, my big disappointment was that I didn't hit double digits yet. <laughs> There's yeah. still time.
3: There's still so. Time. <laughs> uh,
2: in 2005, we got into uh, investing with my wife, and it was purely by accident. We were on vacation uh, in the Pocono Mountains of Pennsylvania, hanging out at my friend's uh, parents' trailer. It was a vacation trailer, <clears throat> and the conversation went to, "Hey, you think people would rent these uh, over the summer?" Yeah. We're here, right? And it was like, well, how much does one cost? And at the time, you know, twenty thousand was this huge amount. And Mm -hmm. we said, well, why don't we uh, pool our money and buy one? And we did. We owned and operated them for, uh, you know, quite a few years. And then, uh, and I always laugh, and they say, if I knew now, if I knew then what I know now, I would own that community. (laughs) Um, It's it's really simple things, right? At the time, I didn't know about lockboxes. Mm. wi-fi you know we're talking 2005 2006 right wi-fi in the area was not an option right to have the automatic uh release boxes right so what i was doing was driving up from new york uh to open up the place every time and it was a two and a half hour drive each way yeah
1: that's not sustainable
2: no it was not (laughs) and what's worse and by the way you know learn a lesson on hiring people right we um uh, at the time, we actually had somebody retired that was opening up the place and you know, cleaning it up afterwards, which was great mm-hmm. until uh, the person started cutting corners and got banned from the community. So oh. that's why I ended up doing it. And what was <laughs> funny is, yeah, I found myself, and this is where I think a great point for everyone is, if you find yourself avoiding business, uh, just so you don't have to do the work, right, you're, you're uh, purposely avoiding it, you're done. Right, mm-hmm. it, it's time to reevaluate or possibly close down, and that's what we did. Because along the way, you know, we bought our first house, we had our first son, you know, first child, and so I ended up, uh, you know, with so much on my plate that driving up to the Poconos was just killing me, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to do it, so I avoided business, and that's when we realized, okay, it's time to get out of it. So we yeah. did. Fast forward. Uh, Quite a few years, we, you know, my wife and I, we worked, we saved up money and we decided to get into investing again. And we bought our first uh, multifamily, a six unit building, and it's been wonderful. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so we got back into it, right. Got into uh, property management. My lending was by accident. Uh, We joined the real estate education company and we joined them in order to learn more about managing the property that we had bought. And then the second one, right? But along the way, uh, you know, know, they were talking on stage about how you can be the money behind the deal. And at the time, I still had a full-time job. So picking up more properties and being a landlord, uh, you know, dealing with toilets, tenants, and uh, troubles was not uh, something I wanted to do. So I'm sitting there and I said, oh, wait a minute, I can be the money. Excellent. And sure enough, you know, uh, we lent on our first deal um it was uh, you know because the time be- between you know finding out about it and then the time we actually did our first loan again i was dragging my feet a bit and my wife said listen we paid for this education uh you know get off your butt and do something so i said fine yeah. yes dear <laughs> you know everybody knows happy life happy life yeah so
1: and they uh, always want to know what the roi is
2: yeah. <laughs> when is well, this
1: going to start bringing on uh, the you money? know
2: The one lucky thing is my wife is, uh, you know, my wife's better at math than I am. So she, uh, and she's in the business with me. So the ROI part was easy enough, but she wanted me to to do, to take action. So sure enough, I'm sitting in one of the seminars and uh, the guy goes up on stage. It's a comedy routine. The guy went up on stage and said, who here has deals? Everybody said, we do. Who here needs money for those deals? Everybody said, we do. And I literally turned to the person sitting next to me and I said, how much do you need? And it was a it was a comedy routine because the guy turned to me and said, What do you what? And I said, How much do you need? And he said, What do you mean? And I said, Well, the guy on stage just said, Who has deals? You said you do. And he yeah. said, Who here needs money for those deals? You said you do. How much do you need? Yeah. The 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 stunned look was priceless. And he turned to his partner and he's like, How much do we need? And the guy <laughs> and, and the same routine ensued. Yeah. And finally the guy turns around and says, Well, we need this much. So we went out to lunch. And, you know, had a conversation and we did our first deal. In hindsight, TJ, it was, I made every single mistake as a lender that I could have made. It was purely by, I I guess, luck, grace, whatever you want to call it, that the deal worked out. And I got a taste for it, right? It was my first loan. It was wonderful. And that's how I got into it. Mm -hmm. Now, along the way, you know, I got burned as well. I, because at the time I learned enough to be dangerous, but not enough to keep myself safe. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, uh, on four deals, I got my, uh, you know, I, you know, four deals equal you know, to the tune of $129,000 was, uh, you know, was what I got burned on. Mm. And what's funny is, uh, when my son, my older son one time heard me uh, preparing a talk and I was recording this part and I, you know, and I get through, that I made four mistakes and it was one hundred and twenty nine thousand. And when I was done, my son turns to me and he goes, "Dad, did you really?" And he's eleven now. And he uh, said, "Dad, did you really, uh, you know, lose 129000 And I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "Does mom know?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: good question. I said, he "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I said. I said, luckily, yes, mommy does, you yeah. know, uh, you know, she, again, she's in the business. So I don't have to deal with it. And, uh, so nice. it was, uh, <laughs> uh, that's how I got into lending. Right. And I, I, so after that, I threw myself into it. I did what I do best. Right. Which is, mm-hmm. I started learning. I went to seminars. I went to classes on lending. I did, you know, I've taken accounting classes. Mm -hmm. anything and everything to improve my skills. I've developed, you know, I took my 20 years of engineering and brought it to this and said, okay, what do I need to do? Mm -hmm. develop my own uh, deal analyzer. So if anybody visits uh, Mearsgroupllc.com, there's a a project analyzer they can download that I put together. At first glance, it will be complex, but uh, there's only certain, you only have to enter the fields once. And there's very few fields that need to be adjusted per deal, right? In your area, title, costs or, you know, whatever they are, so you only adjust it once. But I developed the tools that help myself and my clients uh, stay safer, right? Mm -hmm. Have better, safer deals. Mm -hmm. And so that was uh, my story, right? It's, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, I learned and continued the moving on. Now, since then... Um, you asked me if I would be willing to share some numbers and I don't mind. Um, I've done over 130 real estate transactions, whether it's loans or purchasing real estate, Mm -hmm. I have funded, uh, about $25 million worth of loans in the last three years. Um, yeah. So, and I've analyzed just about 2000, maybe over a little over 2000 projects by now. And, yeah. you know, when you, when you look at that many deals, certain things start uh, standing out to you. Yeah, most uh, definitely.
1: So you've, been, you've done, you've done a couple. Couple. <laughs> you've done, you've done enough <laughs> to, to model through. <laughs> nice. Well, that's, um, sure. and I, I don't want to interrupt you too much, but I know you got, you got a great, a lot of stuff to say. I just wanted to point out a couple of <laughs> things before we get too far. Sure. You talked about, in the beginning of your story, you talked about, um, if something starts to become a pain in the butt and you keep putting it off, mm-hmm. that it's time to time to yeah. do, do something about it. Yeah. And I've, I've said before, and when I'm a big believer in, I use the word procrastination because it kind of puts it in <laughs> procrastinate doing business or you just procrastinate because you just don't want to do it or it's a pain in the mm-hmm. butt or you don't have the time, you know, quote, unquote, press procrastination is an indication that it's time to do a couple things, delegate it. To somebody mm-hmm. on your team, hire someone else to do it, no. or just change the situation altogether.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, to your agents, I want to let's start right here. Yeah, right. Well, what does an agent do? An agent is sourcing deals all day long. You're <laughs> calling uh, sellers, you're calling buyers, you're dealing with you know people who own real estate day in and day out. Right. All those leads are coming in. Well. Now, if you choose to take the path of an investor or add the investor hat to your uh, portfolio, right? If you decide to be an investor as well. <clears throat> now, when you call about a property, so let's say you have a buyer as an agent, you have a buyer who says, okay, I want this perfectly fixed up house that I can just move into. You say, fine, I'm going to start looking for it. What happens next? Now, I'm not an agent, so you know I'm going to need your help with this, mm-hmm. but- What happens next is you start calling all of the agents, all of the people selling their houses, and you're looking for a house for your buyer, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. some houses are going to be move-in ready, right? Mm -hmm. And now it just becomes a question of does your uh, buyer like this house? But some houses you're going to be looking at, and uh, they're going to be complete knockdowns, or they're going to be... You know, somebody lived there for 50 years, moved out, the kitchen and bathroom needs remodeling. It's outdated, right? It's got good bones, but it's outdated and your buyer cannot move into it immediately. Mm-hmm. Well, for your buyer, it doesn't work. But now there's two options of what you can do with that house. Option number one is you as an investor can buy it for yourself. Mm-hmm right? Mm -hmm. Now you take your, you know, your funds, right? The active commissions you've made elsewhere and you funnel them into doing this deal. And you can buy this property, you can fix it up and you can sell it, or you can buy this property, fix it up and refinance it and keep it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's option number one. Option number two is if you still don't want to be an investor yourself, right? Not, look, not everybody wants to do it. It's a job like any other. So if you don't want to be dealing with it, this is where your list of investors you work with comes in because now your buyer can't buy this property, but you having a list of investors can now say, oh, dear Mr. Seller, you know what? For your property that needs all of this cosmetic work, not a problem. I have someone. And you pick up the phone or you send out a bunch of emails and you tell your list of investors that, hey guys, I've got this property. It's an opportunity. You know, Would you like to buy it? And mm-hmm. here is where the benefit to the, invest, the, the investor's agent comes in. You can collect double commissions because now if you have a working relationship with this investor, not only are you collecting the commissions on the front being the buyer's agent, mm-hmm. but when the investor is done with the property and they're going to be selling it, you can list it for them as well. Now, they don't have to, obviously, but that, this is where the working relationship comes in, right? Yeah. Hey, if I found you the property, can I list it for you too? And you have just doubled your commission on the same property. Mm-hmm. What benefit does a, an agent bring to an investor? Well, listen, investors can't be out there looking for properties all the time, right? They have to deal with it, deal with the, invest, the property itself. So now, having an agent that's able to find them a property and bring it and say, hey, I've got an opportunity, right there, that's a, that's a working relationship. Mm-hmm. If you as an agent visit this property and you see that it's not a ready to go home for your buyer, but guess what? For an investor, it might be, take a video immediately. Take a video while mm-hmm. you're there. Take some photos while you're there. Uh, investors, it's all about numbers, right? Investors work on deal analysis, right? And, and mm-hmm. I always say, analysis is key, it's vital, right? It's the first thing that you need to do right. Analysis is the most important thing. Right? Definitely. Or just remember this quote. Analysis is vital. <laughs> Analysis <laughs> right? is
1: vital. Yeah. It's I so, I uh I've heard it say um, you make your money on the buy. Correct. That's, that's absolutely if you don't analyze it, that yep. that vital step of analyzing it, and you you don't know if you're making money on the buy or not. So that's right. Totally. Now,
2: what does an investor need to analyze it? The investor to analyze it needs to know how much in repairs they're going to need to do, which means they need to visit the property. They need to have some way of collecting that information. Well, the agent, right? You as an agent being there, not only can you take a video, but you can throw together a rough deal analysis, right? A, de- a rough oh, yeah. repair list of, okay, bathroom's going to need to be redone. Uh, kitchen needs to be redone. Uh, You know, there was a damage to the parquet in the den. We're going to need to replace it. Right. And you throw all of that together roughly. Well, now when you bring this deal to your investor, your investor is looking at it going, okay, the ARV, right? The after repair value, you as an agent should know your market. You know what this property is going to be worth when it's done. So you know what the after repair value is. You know what the repairs are. Because you visited the property, you've gone through it to see what needs to be done to bring it up to that level. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's something that a lot of uh, investors, no, the investors don't forget this. They they're just they're just bad at dealing with it. But let's say agents, sellers, they forget an interesting number that an investor needs profit. Right, it's a yeah. job to them. They're not going to live in the house, so they need to make a profit. So. You take the after repair value, you subtract all of the costs, you subtract all of the repairs, you subtract the profit for the investor.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you're now- I'm glad you saying this. I'm glad I'm recording <laughs> this because there's about 10 wholesalers that I'm going to l- listen to that, that one clip.
2: That's sure. To make a profit. <laughs> yeah. Just like a wholesaler needs to make a profit, just like the agent needs to make yeah. a profit. Everyone does. See, the end buyer, what happens is the person who's going to live in the house they don't need a profit. They still need it, but they're getting the use, right? So that profit kind of converts into the long-term use, right? Living in a house for five years, you're, you're okay without profit because you're going to live it. But for everybody else, it's like going to a mechanic to get the oil changed in your car and you tell them, okay, I'm going to pay you for the filter. I'll pay you for the oil. I'm not paying you anything for you. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. I did the work. I need to get paid profit for this. Yeah. So it's absolutely. the same thing with an investor. So deal analysis, right? All you're doing is after repair value, minus the costs, minus the repairs, minus the profit. And now you have the maximum price that an investor can pay for this property. Mm-hmm. So you bring this to an investor. It's pretty simple at that point for them to say yay or nay. And now, as an as an agent, right, as an investor's agent you can find the property that same listing that's or that same lead that you looked at as for your end buyer Mm -hmm. you now have it for your investor you now can buy it for yourself as an investment right Mm -hmm. all of these opportunities open up to you and by the way that same buyer that's looking for a fixed up house well guess what when your investor finishes renovating this property and you're listing it for your investor Yep. And you bring that end buyer anyway. If I'm not mistaken, that's three commissions you got paid.
0: Yeah. It's
1: yeah. It, it's um, I mean, there we could talk about this in the the, the nitty-gritty details of this all, <laughs> all day long. And I love this stuff because it's it's an opportunity that that is out there and not a ton of agents are doing it. So there, there's definitely a huge opportunity here. Mm-hmm. This is what I this is how I kind of set it up. We're we're looking for listings, like we want when you get into the business, it's like list to live, mm-hmm. um, list to survive list. You know, it's it, the main focus is on finding listings. Mm-hmm. So if you are, uh, fine. There, there's a, there's a ton of ways to get like distressed property lists and all that type of stuff. Okay. But as you're, as you're searching for listings as an agent, you're going to come across these properties that are distressed and mm-hmm. they need a lot of work. And, and you know, somebody might be in a situation where um, you know financially distressed and, and it might be a seemingly difficult if you were to take it on. Mm-hmm. Like, meaning like they can't afford to make repairs. And you know, if you were to list a house, mm-hmm. then it, it, every all the buyers would want repairs if it was even if you even got to the point where you got under contract. So finding these houses instead of going and listing it right away, if you had a if you had relationships with just a couple just a few investors
4: mm-hmm. and
1: you say, and then you, you set up your um, I mean, you've already done the work on evaluating the property. Yep. What's the aftermarket after renovation value. You should mm-hmm. know that as well. Uh, those are easy things for agents to, to do. And then honestly, the next, all you need to do is just add in a, a, a quick and dirty repair budget. Just give yeah. the investor is going to know if you say, you know, the uh, redo uh, you know, complete remodel of kitchen bathrooms, mm-hmm. they're going to know they're, they're going to be in it 40 50 grand on just yep. that. Yep. So but and you just and you should know that too as an agent. I think you know, if you if you've done a couple, even just a couple of, of transactions, you start to know like what the costs are for things to be mm-hmm. repaired and replaced. And if you don't, just Google it in in your area. Well, you get a rough, rough idea.
2: You know, if you're working with investors in your area, guess what? They already have those yeah. repair sheets, they already have those costs. You don't need to guess. As soon as you start building your list of investors you're going to call up with an opportunity, guess what? That same yeah. investor is going to tell you, here's the cost.
3: Mm-hmm. Here are That's the true. costs
2: I'm seeing. And they'll train you, yeah. by the way, right? It's all about training and education. And my kids are still surprised when I turn around. When you <laughs> and I get on Clinton's uh, call yeah. right? for uh, our you know now monthly uh, mastermind. Mm-hmm. What's funny is my kids said, you're in a class. I said, yeah, but you're done. I said, no, I'm no. <laughs> not. I've been learning my whole life. Right. And it was, it was actually a mistake I made when I got out of college and I thought I'm done for the rest of yeah. my life. Yeah. But you're, not. Um, you're always learning. So Definitely. learn from those same investors.
1: But here's the cool part about it too. If you, if you're the agent and you start doing this and you get a reputation with investors that you are, that you your your ARVs or after renovation values are are pretty mm-hmm. spot
0: on. Mm-hmm. You're
1: you're making good deals, good cash deals, you know, at a good price for acquisition, and that you know what you're talking about when it comes to renovations and a mm-hmm. rough cost. I mean, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to come down to the penny, but just mm-hmm. a rough idea about what it's going to cost. If your yep. numbers are solid and they can trust you, that yeah, then you are going to get more. And they're going to tell other investors like, oh yeah, go talk to go talk yes. to TJ because he knows. He he he'll give you a fair deal because I can tell you right now, one of the biggest complaints of investors that I talk to you is that wholesalers they always jack up the ARV to something ridiculous and then they make the repair <laughs> costs like super super low. And you go of into course the property, and you're like, This is not at all <laughs> like you said, you was, can fix it yeah. for
2: nothing and sell it for yeah. everything. Of quick course. Flip.
1: <laughs> quick flip. That's my favorite wholesaler. Quick flip. No, it's not quick flip <laughs> after you replace the septic system. Yeah, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so as an agent, you have a leg up on, on wholesalers and because you, A, and let me say this too, and I don't, I don't want to steal all your thunder, but this is such a great topic. I'm so excited about Um, if you, a lot of agents are like, well, my broker doesn't want me to wholesale. And what we're talking about kind of sounds like wholesaling, but you don't, A, there's many ways around it. You can do a double close. Usually Mm -hmm. that gets around wholesaling which we can talk about that at another time. It's basically not, you're not assigning a contract, but you're, you're mm-hmm. actually buying the property and then immediately selling it to someone else. Yes. and Basically using someone else's money to buy it. Anyways, you can do that or you can, you can just do a listing agreement with the seller. Go to the house, evaluate it. Like, hey, I got five investors. I'm sure one of them's going to buy it. If you're serious about selling, you want to close quick with cash. Here's a listing agreement. You know, Mm -hmm. and then, and then you have a, it's not dual agency, but you you can, you can work it out with, it's very up and up, very transparent Mm -hmm. and everybody wins out of the deal. And if you're taking, if you're doing that a lot and you got a group of investors you're working with, you can take a, a, you know, just a a flat commission on each deal you do for the sale that Mm -hmm. the buyer is really paying. Right. Um, And then, and just make the deal that you're going to sell the house when it's, when they renovate it. And you know what? Some investors are going to use it as rentals. That's fine. That's fine too. Take your, you know, your flat fee and find them another house that they're going to flip. Yep. So it's uh, it's it's like it's kind of a no brainer. It's just a little bit of work and it's it's building a network and relationships. But you're but throughout this whole process, you are absolutely going to find those houses that are ready to move in, ready to list, mm-hmm. ready for professional photography. And, and, you know, roll with that. And I know a lot of investors that don't have their license that refer the houses that Mm -hmm. they find that they don't, you know, they don't, they're like, your house is ready to go. Like if I bought it, I wouldn't give you the the price, like good investment, you know, moral, Mm -hmm. (laughs) ethical investors. And they, they refer that to agents. So, I mean, it's a, it's a win, 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 win all around. Yes, it is. Um, If you're an agent going to an investor and say, Hey, I want to, I want to, I want you to let me sell your properties. And you're bringing nothing to the table, mm-hmm. they're going to be like, yeah, okay, great, It sounds good. Why don't you talk to the next investors? I'm not interested. It's you know you got to bring something to the table.
2: Well, absolutely, right. Everybody wants value, and if mm-hmm. you can't, you know, there's only a certain amount of money that can be part of the value, right? There's only so much in commission. There's only so much mm-hmm. in fees, right? And by the way, agents need to get paid also, yeah. right? There's a saying that I've uh, you know that I've heard, um, you know, which is with discounted price comes discounted service. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, people press me, you know, oh, can you reduce the points? Yeah. But I don't want to work for free. Am I going to care as much, uh, you know, if I'm paying, if I'm getting paid nothing. And the same thing with agents, right? There's only so much an agent can discount their service and I don't Mm -hmm. want them to, right. They, you know, look, I've seen agents work like dogs for that commission, Mm -hmm. right. Um, They're going to see houses, even the house, you know, uh, the house I bought uh, to move into, right? The agent went to one house and took a video from me and the agent went to another house and took a video from me and went to another house and went to another house, right? And finally, you know, I closed on a house and the agent got paid, but I saw with the word that they were doing it. I was not negotiating for commission and the yeah. house that I'm uh, selling right now, uh, same thing. My agent actually it was funny. He's an investor. In addition to being an agency, he's an actual rehabber. And- He typically will take a project a year and he's done 30 projects by now. And so I moved out of the house. I wasn't even there. I was long distance and he handled the renovation. He handled all the staff taking care of it. And in the end run, when he named his commission and it wasn't even 6%, I I did not argue. I did not turn around and say, oh, I'm sorry, you got to go lower. I said, "Whoo, that's all you want. No problem. Happy to pay it. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, What you have to do is is once there's no more money that you can add to a deal, then you have to add value. It's Mm -hmm. that extra service. It's the fact that you're going to be available after hours. It's the fact that you're going to be available to take a video of a property and you already have it. It's the fact that you've already walked through the property and done a quick and dirty repair estimator or a quick and dirty deal analysis to present with this opportunity, right? It's the fact that you come to a meeting and bring donuts, Oh hell, you know? (laughs) Everybody loves food, right? And (laughs) the best way to meet with people is over breaking bread. So, you know, it's that that little thing that sets you apart, that little additional value. And it's funny, Brian Tracy talks about... um, you know, uh, which racehorse wins, right? What's the difference between the winning racehorse Mm -hmm. and the one that doesn't get anything. It's a nose. Yeah. You don't have to win by miles. All you have to win is by a nose, right? The difference between the winning horse and the second place is a nose. That's all you have to be just a nose ahead. So, uh, that's a good, that's a good point.
1: I've heard it um, said with, uh, professional golfers, it's like the golfer Mm -hmm. that, that wins the championship between the golfer like the, the very mm-hmm. next line is like a, a stroke or something like that. Pretty much like it's, it's just one, one stroke. Yeah. But the difference in revenue eight, from eight. <laughs> from endorsements and from all, when you put it all together, it is like, yeah, it's a hundred times more money because you, you did the course in one less stroke than the Correct. next. One. I Correct. mean, yeah, it's amazing. It's, I
0: love that.
2: <laughs> Look for agents, It's no brain. It's, 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 it's a no-brainer, right? Yep. You're already doing the work. You're already getting the listings. You're, you're already looking for buyers. You're already looking for sellers, right? You're yep. already establishing relationships. Well, guess what? It's that widen your circle. And as Clinton taught us, right, uh, you and I, it's become a uh, center of influence, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Become a center of influence. Become the person known to the, uh, you know, Probate attorneys, right? Somebody passes away, the property is available. Guess what? The kids don't want it. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? That that real estate attorney, you know, that probate attorney is going to say, you know what? I have an agent who can take care of this for you. Yep. They yep. pick up the phone, they call you. Now, if the property is ready to go and it's in great condition, okay, you're selling it to an end buyer. But on the other hand, if that you know, probate attorney calls you up as an agent. And the property has been lived in again, right? Older, you know, person lived yeah. there for fifty years. It's out of date. What do you do? Well, guess what? You actually have a an investor in your uh I was going to say Rolodex, for dated myself a little bit there. Right? Rolodex. You have. Yeah. It? <laughs> it's that thing that you uh, use with a phone where, you know, you turn a <laughs> dial. So, the rotary phone, yeah. That's right. <laughs> so when that uh, probate attorney calls you up and says, hey, I've got a property. It's a little dated. What can you do with it? And the next call you're making as an agent is you're calling up that investor who can handle it. Guess what? You're still getting paid a commission. You're still involved mm-hmm. in this transaction. And mm-hmm. when that investor is done, maybe they'll refinance and keep it. Maybe. But on the other hand, if they're selling it, guess what? You're potentially getting that listing as well. And yeah. by the way, if they're listing it, you know, uh, when a property gets rented, there's this magical thing that needs to happen. Somebody needs to find a tenant.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, guess what? When you find a tenant, if I'm not mistaken, agents get paid for that.
3: Yeah, so you might not do. be
2: getting a commission... You might not be getting a commission on a sale, but you might be getting a commission for finding a tenant. I'm gonna next one and the next one.
1: Yes, you do. Yes, you do make money on that. However, I'm I'm about you know putting getting the most money out of the little as little energy as possible. I know that sounds
2: bad. (laughs) No, (laughs) but finding
1: the the difference between finding a renter where you're gonna make you know what Mm -hmm. one month's rent. Okay over finding a buyer for some, for another client where you're going to make the equivalent of a whole year's worth of rent. Mm -hmm. It's really the same amount of work. So finding it, finding a buyer, taking the energy to find a buyer. Now, that being said, you're going to, this is another thing though, as a real estate agent, you are going to come across a ton of people who are calling you on your listings. Is this house for rent? Is this house Mm -hmm. for rent? Every listing I've had, I've had numerous calls Yep. Is this for, can I rent this? Can I rent to own this? Blah, blah, blah. blah. Well, if that's the case, then you're going to, you're going to just build a list of renters. And then think about the value. Mm-hmm. If you don't even charge investors, just like, mm-hmm. Hey, here's, a, here's a list of people that are looking in the area to rent. Uh, you know, yep. you want, even like you want me to call them and see if they're interested and then, and then just connect them. All, all you did was make a phone call and then connect them and, and like, think about the value of that. I mean, cause that's one of the biggest headaches. you know, what, the, your investor doesn't have to spend money. On advertising, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, I mean, they'll you'll still have to spend money on vetting. I, I wouldn't recommend an, an agent getting into like doing background checks or anything like that because it will bog you down as an agent.
2: Refer it to someone else. Yeah, again, form that relationship. A team. Yep, there's start your team, team and have yeah,
1: have a have a VA do it for you, and then you know maybe charge a little bit. That's a whole yeah. We, we, I want to talk about that too because you're doing that
2: <laughs> the look, property management side. That's my way. <laughs> the property management so,
1: and the and scaling, scaling
2: your business. Sure. Okay. Yeah.
1: I don't know if we, are we done with are we done with uh are we done
2: with telling agents that yeah. they really need to form yeah. these uh, relationships and uh, have you know a way to dispose of a property no matter what. Yeah. To I, summarize, I think we've beaten it.
1: Uh. <laughs> yeah. And, and another thing too it. is, mm-hmm. is uh, you Got can it. as an agent you can most certainly it's so easy to, to buy a property. Uh, you know, you can, it's, it, I can't tell you how easy it is. I'm. is. I'm going, I'm doing a flip right now that you talked about it was some, uh, an aging individual. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a property. It's been in the same family since 1962. The, the family had it built. Uh, okay. both brothers lived in it. Um, ironically enough, it went through a little probate because some, mm-hmm. some heirs that they didn't know were attached to the property were attached, but, uh, that's a whole nother episode. Um, they, they, they turned into a rental and okay. the the person who was renting it aged was aging and they passed. Okay. So then the property sat empty for a while. So here's 1962 home, uh, mm-hmm. the roof, the roof started to leak. Uh, it was, I mean, there, you know, the paneling, I mean, just think about 1960, like, mm-hmm. you know, but, but not, not like TV ready. 1960. Yeah. Like, 1960, like, oh, this is, this smells like 1960. The shag
2: carpet is no longer shag. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, it's, it's, it's mad. It's dread. The shag carpet is not dread carpet, dreadlock carpet. <laughs> but they, there was, um, the renter smoked in there for years. Mm-hmm. So, oh. I mean, I, I'm going, I'm kind of going off on a tangent. Yep. But point is I'm an agent, I'm an investor. Yep. It, it, you you can do it. It is such an easy thing to, to transition over. And mm-hmm. my goal is, I mean, it, it for me, it's a lot. To uh, manage the the flip or manage the renovations, yep. But that's it's so easy to hire people to do that. If your numbers work, if you when you analyze it, you, you you'll start to find that you're going to be looking for the same property. Mm-hmm. And you just repeat and repeat and repeat. If the, the yep. numbers got to be the same, you got to pay your contractor to manage the the flip. Then you got to you know the the you're gonna pay the buy side agent all that stuff. But the cool part about it is. When you pick up these properties for yourself, you can take your commission from the mm-hmm. buy side and just put it towards your closing costs, which yep. is, I mean, that's just another another bonus right there. And then you're saving on commission as well. I mean, it's just-
2: You're it's, doing the work yourself, basically, because yeah. it's for you. You're willing to do the work for free, right? Yeah. And pocket that uh, or use that money for something else. Absolutely. Yep. Definitely. Now, uh, so I was- uh, I lost my train of thought on it. That's all I right. Was, I was thinking about something. We're bouncing you, around. You, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, you said about how easy it is for agents to buy a property, and uh, you know, I was just thinking about financing. Yeah, it sounds
1: like a good segue into into financing. So let's that's what you do. <laughs> that's your that's your wheelhouse. So what? Okay, like well, let's start here. I'm an agent, and I'm like, how am I going to mm-hmm. pay for this? And I, I see you. I'm googling how how to fund deals, yeah. and you come up in Google, and I call you. What what's the conversation look like?
2: All right. So there's, what we provide is commercial loans for either fix and flip or buy and hold. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fix and flip financing, we're providing the bulk of the purchase money as well as 100% of the renovation funds and up to, let's say, 70 to 75% of the after repair value. There has to be some way to limit the loan. Yeah. So we're providing, let's say, depending on experience and credit score, 80 to 90% of the purchase price. Okay, as well as a hundred percent of the renovation on a on a reimbursement draw, right? So you have to do you do the work. We send an inspector to inspect that it's been completed, and then we're reimbursed for what's been done. The process keeps going and going until you're done with the property and either sell it or refinance it, and we're paid back. That's the nitty gritty of it, right? That or rather that's the simple kind of overview. The nitty gritty, of course, comes into you know fees, points, uh, the deal summary, and you know, overlook of the entire deal, right? I need you you to fill out an application. I need your LLC docs. That's Mm -hmm. the nitty gritty. But the the simple part of it is we'll work with beginners. We'll work with experienced. It just adjusts the cost of the money. And like I said, we'll provide up to 90% of purchase. I mean, that's uh, really up there as well as 100% of the renovation costs. Now, uh, that's on the fix and flip for the buy and hold or the refinance of it, we'll provide up to 80%. So these are commercial loans. We're not looking at debt to income ratios. We're not looking at your W-2s or three years of taxes. Although I do work with credit unions in certain states where they'll lend to LLCs and they'll do full doc underwriting, Mm -hmm. but their options may work for some. Regardless, uh, the, the majority of my business is Commercial loans or investment properties. We're talking thirty-year mortgages, right? Thirty-year loans, thirty-year terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, depending on whether you want to buy down the interest rate with points or you don't, the interest rate will be higher or lower, right? All of the fees are upfront. We do need an uh, an appraisal,
4: mm-hmm. and
2: that's it. And then, pretty much for the next thirty years, you're getting cash flow. My advice now, as somebody who invests as well is always buying cash flow Mm -hmm. Uh, there's an old mentality that um, uh, uh, there's an old mentality uh, that people have about rentals that okay as long as my mortgage is paid as long as all of my bills are paid uh okay in 30 years i'm going to have a paid off property great i've doubled my money yeah well (laughs) that's old school it's really funny uh it is old school uh, we always buy on cash flow, right? Not only do I want everything paid for, I want cash in my pocket every single month. Now, how much, that's already a personal kind of a risk and reward tolerance uh, for mm-hmm. people, right? Mm-hmm. Is 7% enough for an investor? I don't know. Personally, if I was buying something for cash, the way I calculated is I want 10% at least, mm-hmm. but that's me. And it's actually really funny. My, my wife was explaining this to our friend's parents one time. And she was explaining about us investing into real estate. Mm-hmm. And she said, uh, every month, you know, we're getting, so we're getting, uh, I think on the property we were discussing, uh, we were getting about 12 and a half percent cash on cash.
3: Mm. And
2: the parent and my, our friend's parents said, okay, so the mortgage is paid. Yes. And the property taxes are paid. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the insurance is paid. Yes. Okay, great. So that's it, right? That's what you're getting. No. And mm-hmm. every single month we get a couple of hundred bucks in our pocket. Yeah what do you mean you get a couple of hundred bucks? Well, we get cash flow. no, no. no. But the mortgage is paid. Yeah. Yeah. The property taxes are paid. Right. And the insurance is paid. Right. Yeah. And you're still getting money. Yeah. We're still getting money every single month in our pocket.
0: Yeah. It and works. it was
2: such a mind blowing concept to them, but that's the baseline for us. I wouldn't buy yep. a property just on, uh, you know, on no cash flow. Now, for the last couple of years, definitely real estate has been going crazy, and you can't disregard appreciation, right? right. We're seeing double-digit appreciation in some yeah. markets, so you can't really ignore it. But I would still want some kind of positive cash flow every single month. Yeah, I. Um, that's that's financing for clientele, and again, on our website on MearsGroupLLC.com, right? There's a pair of deal forms to fill out whether it's for a fix and flip or a uh, buy and hold. And we provide a quote, right? We provide a quote, we provide a deal summary to show what the numbers will look like uh, according to us, right? Mm-hmm. We all want to be on the same page as our clients. Plus in the engineering world, I actually, when we were making, getting parts made somewhere, we would get a quote first, right? How much does it cost if I'm making 50 of these uh, widgets? How much does it cost if I'm making a thousand of them? How much does it cost if I'm making a million? right? And the price would change and you would choose vendors based on that quote. Well, same thing with real estate. I brought that over and I said, well, I think people should have a quote. I think they should know what they're getting into this whole vagueness of, well, we could go as low as this percentage. We can go as high as that percentage. No, if you're telling me you've got an, you know, if you've got an 800 credit score and you've got uh, 10 experience under your belt, right, then I can tell you what your interest rate is going to be and what LTDS we're going to provide. It's not a mystery. Now, obviously, during underwriting, if we pull your credit and instead of 800, it's 500. And uh, you told me that you had, uh, and and this is a real example, if you tell me you have three experience, but it turns out that the three experience was buying your personal house, painting one of its rooms and renting it out in Airbnb. That is not experience. (laughs) That's that's not three experience. It's creative. (laughs) <laughs> it's crazy. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. the interest rate is still going to be for zero experience.
3: Right. So right.
2: Uh, my, you know, so I brought that over, right? If, mm-hmm. if you tell me, you know, if you're giving me real information to quote on, then mm-hmm. guess what? I will give you real information back on what it's going to be. And we can put numbers together on this deal of what it should be. And I hear, I would like to segue into holding time. Mm-hmm. Uh, for investors, for agents, everybody needs to account for holding time of a property for a fix and flip at least. Um, this is a mistake I've seen a lot of people make, which is they don't account correctly. Uh, you know, investors will come to me and say, "Oh, yeah, this project is going to take me." You know, you put holding time at six months, but it's going to take me three. Sure, it's going to take three months to work on it. How long is it going to take you to list it, find a buyer, and sell it, and actually close on it? Oh, yeah. okay. Well, it's going to be a month. No. A mortgage. Well, think about it. Your buyer is buying with a mortgage from a bank. A yep. bank mortgage takes, depending on where you are and what the situation is right now, bank mortgages are what, 45 to 60 days? It's typically the time of uh, yeah, finding I mean, a
1: buyer. I'd say like uh, uh, 30 days is good. A 30-day time frame is, is good
2: to- Really? about a month, Your bank. Yeah. Don't forget, a bank is going to need an appraisal also. and That appraisal right yep. now, I'm seeing crazy timelines. In some markets, I've gotten quotes for 45 days for an appraisal. Really? No. Yeah. Oh, that was, uh, yeah, I looked at that. That's, when, that's when I say,
1: uh, Mr. Buyer, let's, let's talk to this other lender. <laughs> uh,
2: maybe, but guess what? Uh, the second best quote was 21 days. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing this across most markets, pretty much across all markets right now. Yeah. So yeah, th- things and timelines are- have gotten longer.
1: Yeah, for, for sure. The the um, yeah, the appraisal is always the, mm-hmm. the wild card, for but sure.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Now, my point is that that two to three months to sell it is still time that needs to be accounted for because guess yeah. what? That loan is still being paid for. The mm-hmm. holding costs, you know, and I laugh and I say in New York, for example, in the middle of winter, uh, you need to heat the house. In yeah. Florida, in the middle of summer, you need to cool the house. So you mm-hmm. still have utility bills while you're holding this property that needs to be accounted for. So, um, you know, as, so we provide a quote, we provide a quote. If everybody is on the same page and everybody's happy, great. We proceed with the loan.
1: Yeah. Nice. So that, so to break it down simple, I'm, I'm an agent. I want to get into my first house, my first investment, um, say the, let's just make it nice and round. So the acquisition and the rehab, comes to $100,000. So how much money do I need going in? Like first, first time, first time investor, like uh, give me a rough idea. of how much money? Let's, do I need let's
2: talk buy? it this way. A hundred thousand to buy the property, right? 50,000 to renovate the property. Okay. Okay. So going in first time deal, you're going to need 80% of the purchase price. So you're going to need $80,000. Okay. And I'm sorry, we'll provide, my apologies on there. you're going to need 20%. So you're going to need $20,000 towards the down payment. Mm -hmm. You're going to need closing costs. Uh, So closing costs, broad statement. Yeah. Uh, What what do closing costs entail? Closing costs are my attorney fee, right? The lender's attorney. Mm -hmm. So there's an attorney fee that we charge, which is typically $9.95. You're going to be paying for an appraisal whatever that cost is. So let's just put in some rough numbers, right? $1,000 legal fee, $1,000 appraisal, uh, points. So on a fix and flip for first time clients, we charge two and a half points. We give a quarter point discount for repeat business. So two and a half, uh, points, that's two and a half percent of the loan amount, whatever that is. So in this case, uh, you know, $80,000 for purchase, $50,000 for renovation. The loan amount is 130,000. So two and a half percent of that. Uh, So 30 times 0.025. So that's 3,250 for points, right? Are you paying your own attorney, right? Uh, Some States you have to go through an attorney. Some States you don't, but let's say, You don't have to, but you're still going to have a friend of yours that's an attorney review your docs for 500 bucks, right? So on top of it, there's title cost, whatever that is, title insurance for this property, roughly 1%. So 1% of 130, that's another 1300 bucks you're paying to a title company, right? They have to record the docs plus insurance, Mm -hmm. right? So you're going to have the property insurance on this property. Let's say it's another $1,500. So grand total, Is uh, $20,000 for the down payment plus $1,000 for the attorney, for my attorney, $1,000 for the appraisal, uh, $3,250 for uh, points, another $500 for your attorney, $1,300 for title work, and $1,500 for insurance. So, grand total comes out to be roughly 28, well, not roughly, the the total there is $28,550 as an example. So that's what the investor would need to bring to the deal. Now there's Mm -hmm. still some liquidity we would want to see, right? We want to see that you have uh, six months of interest payments in reserve. And we want to see that you have 10% of the renovation budget in reserve so that when we close, you can actually start working on the project. And why do we want to (laughs) see six months of interest? Well, because again, we're not looking at your income. We want to know that you have the money sitting there in a bank account to pay uh, for the loan while you're working on the property,
1: right? Okay. Yeah, that's a big thing that, that, that mm-hmm. it, I'm glad you mentioned that because it it is once you close, then you have to start paying. Work, yeah. <laughs> like I just I put a one. The first thing I did was put a roof on my mm-hmm. my property. Well, I had to write a check for ten uh, grand. Yep. And I had to have that in the bank, and then I went and got the draw from my hard money lender. And I apologize. Uh, I didn't. I didn't use you. I apologize. It's okay. I used Oh, the local. please, whatever. It's all good.
2: <laughs> Uh, local one, but, but You know, everybody always gets so squeamish around me about <laughs> that, like, oh, I didn't work. It. It's okay. You know, listen, there's yeah. uh, plenty of business out there. Uh, I do want to say that here's, and here's a couple of tips and tricks.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So for example, you said you had your 10000 in the bank. Now, what's funny is your lender wanted to see that 10000 in the bank, true, yeah. but you didn't actually have to pay it out of the bank. What you could have paid it out of was a credit card. Yeah. You could have paid your contractor with a credit card. And for example, if you have a credit card that's interest-free, well, mm-hmm. guess what? You pay your contractor with an interest-free credit card and you don't have to pay that credit card bill off completely until you're until done you with sell. the project, get your money back. That's right. Yep. Now, here's yeah, another I really,
1: trick. I, was, I do do that. Like with the, um, I need a little foundation work while I'm, I'm putting that on a credit card. Mm-hmm. And but the roof, they they uh, a lot of roofing contractors, some a lot of contractors, they'll they'll charge you the the three uh, percent cost to, to run the charge. I was so getting at, for to that. ten thousand bucks. I'm like, I don't know, I don't know if I want to do that. So, I'll get to that in small. a second. Well, All right.
2: well, hold on. Okay, here's a question: If you're a lender, and here's here's the nitty gritty kind of uh, you want to look at, and if your lender is charging you interest. Mm-hmm. Own on the rehab amount, so it depends on what kind of lender you're using. Some lenders will charge you interest on the entire loan amount from day one,
3: mm-hmm. right?
2: Because they've locked up that money. That's it. It's not available. It's yeah. even though they haven't they haven't given it to you, it's already sitting there waiting for your uh, for you to use it. So yeah. they're charging you interest from day one. Some lenders have deeper pockets or much bigger institutions behind them. So they will actually charge interest only on drawn funds. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now that $10,000 that your uh, lender reimbursed you, let's say they weren't charging you from day one. They just charge you from the day you draw it. Well, your lender is charging you probably more than 3%.
1: Yeah. Hard money at least 10, right? At least 10%.
2: Not necessarily. Depending on experience, it could get, it's, it's, you could get it cheap out there, but the point is, let's say ten percent. Mm-hmm. Let's make it even simpler that it's twelve uh, percent, so that it's one percent every single month. Mm-hmm. Well, one percent of ten thousand dollars every single month is a hundred bucks. Yeah. So every month you're paying interest in the amount of a hundred bucks as long as you now hold it, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, what's more, ten percent or twelve percent or three? Yeah. So you Good could point. have paid your contractor with a zero interest credit card, paid him his 3% charge yeah, and not paid any extra interest on them, that entire amount. So you would have paid him $10,000 plus 3%. That's $10,300. Well, guess what? If you held that 10K for three months with your lender, you've already paid that same interest. Yeah. So just something to consider. Right, and everybody always uh, gets astounded, you know, when I tell them this uh, uh, this trick. Yeah. It's like, going huh, into, I didn't think about it. We're going into
3: advanced, advanced. <laughs> uh, <financing. it's> okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, this
1: is all good for sure. Yeah, and I, I don't have a zero percent interest credit card. I've I've I have enough credit cards.
4: Mm-hmm. There was a
1: time when I would I would open a credit card, move yeah. the transfer over, so I had zero percent, and I had zero percent on my my um, consumer credit, my consumer mm-hmm. um, debt. For yep. quite a while, well, then I found myself between me and my wife, we had like twelve credit cards. I'm like, this is mm-hmm. so. We made some strategic moves, and we made an agreement that we weren't going to get any more credit cards. So that's a, a little deep, you know, a little yeah. into my financial world. But <laughs> oh, so, I mean, I I, mean, I got pretty good credit uh, interest rates, but I'm my my lowest is like seven percent.
4: So call them up.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I will. I'll call. So here's the trick.
2: So here's the trick uh, for you and your listeners on Mm -hmm. uh, credit card, uh, you know, limits and things like that. So when your credit report, right. So your credit score is uh, kind of an important number. Mm -hmm. Why? Well, because lenders, for example, a lot of people ask me, why? Why do you care about my credit score? You know, uh, I'm a good, uh, you know, I make I make my payments and I do this. Well, guess what? If I'm looking at your credit score and I see missed payments, you're not yeah. that good. Yeah. Right? And considering that we're not I don't know you. You know, my borrowers sometimes some some are friends, some are complete strangers. Mm-hmm. I don't know you.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Your credit score is kind of a report card. Yeah. It's an instant it's yes, it's only a frozen moment in time, but at least it tells me roughly whether you know what you're doing financially or not. Right. So, one of the things that affects credit uh, credit scores is utilization of available credit lines, like credit cards. Mm-hmm. So uh, a credit card that's filled up 100% is worse than having two credit cards filled up 50%. Yeah.
0: Because
2: utilization is showing up as higher. Now, what can you do uh, that's an easy, quick uh, fix to that? You have a credit card that's filled up. You're making your payments. Everything is fine. But you know it's filled up and it's affecting your credit score. Mm-hmm. Call up your credit card. And ask them to increase the limit. Yeah. Because the moment that limit increases, the percentage has just dropped of how full it is.
1: So yeah. that's just and a if you, quick and
2: dirty move.
1: And a little, well, it's not so much a secret, but the yeah. credit card companies, if you were making your payments on time and you're close to your limit, they are more than happy usually to raise <laughs> a
0: little bit. If you've,
1: right. been, if you've been for a while and you've had never miss a payment. Yep. They're like, "Yeah, sure. You want to owe us more money? We can charge you more interest. In pay us on time and never pay the credit card down." Absolutely. Yep.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's called a relationship. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: for you sure. know, TJ. Um, I, you know, I think uh, financing. You know, we're, we're pretty good. And uh, if you have any questions, I'll be happy to expand on any of these subjects. Mm-hmm. But I, I remembered what I wanted to say. Okay. Uh, for your agents, yeah. I wanted to tell them about in. So there are people that you're going to come across that want to sell their property, but they're what's, what I call trapped in their own mind. Yeah. They don't, they, the property has a problem and because of this problem, the, the seller thinks nobody will buy it and because of it, they don't even list it. Mm-hmm. I have a real story, uh, you know, and it's funny that you, some things you don't realize until you have that real experience with someone uh, to really drive it in. I was at a community center a few years ago, you know, at an air sh- indoor air show, and I was talking to a gentleman there and we got to talking about real estate, obviously. And as we're, so the, the gentleman's telling me, he says, you know, I have a condo, it's a two bed, three bath condo, and I want to sell it. I want to move down uh, to Florida with my brother. And I said, what's the problem with sell your condo? And he says, you know... The condo, I, uh, and he's an older gentleman, probably about in his sixties. And he says, you know, I, uh, I wanted to fix it up before selling it. So I tore out one of the bathrooms and, uh, you know, the kitchen needs to be remodeled and, you know, I've got some old carpeting, but he mm-hmm. said, you know, I ran out of steam. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, I, so the bathroom's torn up and I, who's going to buy it like this? And I said, but wait, you know, there are these magical creatures called investors who will happily yeah. buy your property. And he said, uh, and he's looking at me and he says, really, they're going to buy it, but how much are they going to pay? Like, why would they buy it? And I said, well, the formula is pretty simple. And just like we, you know, we did in the beginning of the show, I said, after repair value, minus repairs, minus a profit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Here's what, what it's going to be. And there's formulas that you can roughly put together, right? It's ARV minus, let's say, 30% yeah. Uh, yeah. minus repairs. That's the price. Mm-hmm. And he and I went through. And what was funny, I said, well, what's your condo worth? And he said, oh, I." he's like, how do I know that? And I said, well, what are condos in your area selling for? And he goes, oh, literally, next door, this condo sold for 320000 really? He said, yeah, but they had a fixed up kitchen. They replaced the carpet. I said, no problem. We're going to put that into the repairs bill Mm -hmm. budget. right?" But Mm -hmm. I said, 320 is what you're selling it for. right?" He said, yeah. So we started subtracting everything out. And by the time we were done, he was going to be left with about $60,000 in his pocket. He knew how much he owed on a mortgage. He had all of these numbers. So 60,000 in his pocket. And the guy is standing there looking at me and he says, You mean I can sell my property, my, my condo as is, I don't have to fix it. And I'm going to have $60,000 that I can actually take with me to buy myself a new house down in Florida. I said, yeah, "Yeah." yep. he was floored. It was, yeah. So I, you know, I took his number. I gave it to a friend of mine that's an investor locally Mm -hmm. and put them in touch. Now, my point in the story is this guy wasn't listing it. Mm-hmm. He had nobody that he was talking to about this property, no agent, because in his mind, he could not sell it. In his mind, nobody would want this disrepaired property.
3: Yeah. Now,
2: you're an, if you're an agent, right? If you're an agent and you come across them, this is gold. They have not talked to anyone. This yeah. property is not listed anywhere. Nobody even knows about it. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you know, I kind of want to bring up a second story again to illustrate that there's a conversation you should be talking to everybody, mm-hmm. right? You and I are in a speech class, and obviously, you know, you and I talk daily. Yeah. This is our job, yeah. and this is what people need to realize you need to be talking to everyone. I have a client, she is an investor who purchased an investment property. And uh, it's funny, I reached out to her and I said, okay, I'm still waiting for a contract to proceed on the loan. What's going on? And she said, yeah, you know, I had to uh, send the physical contract to my sellers. And I said, excuse me, what? She said, yeah, you know, it's funny. They're friends of my parents. Now, mind you, she's an investor, roughly my age, a little bit older. So mm-hmm. as you can imagine the parents are even older. So they're yeah. friends. Yeah, that you, but I just want to point product.
1: out that you you did refer to a Rolodex earlier. So just <laughs> <some> context. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know I was I'm the generation of good music in the 90s so that's all that's what I'll tell <laughs> you so yeah. um uh so what <laughs> so she's telling me right so the sellers are friends of her parents
3: mm-hmm.
2: so they don't do sign. she needed to sell send them a physical paper contract for them to physically sign and send back to her yeah okay? so I want to make that point, and I want to say again: Who knows about this property? What are they on Craigslist posting it up, saying, "Hey, wonderful uh, two bed, one bath available. Investors, come take a look. We're selling it." No, yeah,
0: no nobody about knows that. about it. Yeah,
2: that's that's the gold. That's the gold where you have no competition.
1: Yeah, for now. I mean, as uh, you know, as millennials age, and you know, thirty years from now, they're gonna know how to do all that, right? <laughs> So the the opportunity I mean, like any opportunity like it things change and evolve and you have to pivot and all of course. That but but right now that's a that's a great a great opportunity for sure. And and think mm-hmm. of like the think of the help you're doing for those people who think that they're stuck. Yes. They don't know what they're going to do with this house. They just want to sell it and move into a, a smaller nicer place in you know in their in their dream location on a beach in Florida for mm-hmm. example. And you can come along and you'd be like, listen, I have the solution. I can, I'll, I'll do all of it for you. Keep uh-huh. you in the loop and be transparent about the whole process. Yep. And this is how we do it. What do you think? And they'll and like you said, $60,000. Well, hell yeah, let's go. Let's do it right now. Like they probably couldn't sign yeah. fast enough.
2: I'll give you a horror story again. To, I really want to, uh, I think kind of getting it through that there are people trapped in their mind. Mm -hmm. right that you can help i think it's really important i've heard a horror story this is not one of my projects not one of my loans but it was an investor on a you know in a networking event where i was and he was telling the story that they bought a house where five years prior the roof leaked in one of the back bedrooms Mm -hmm. the owners did not have money to fix it nor did they know how to and it's really funny you would think well what's the difficulty right pick up a phone and call a roofer You know,
0: not that simple
2: for your insurance company, but you know what? It's not that simple. Insurance people are scared of getting their premiums raised. Yeah. Uh, Roofing company. You know, we hear horror stories of contractors. Some are terrible. Then you get a leak and this and that. And so people get trapped, right? Their mind traps them. And Mm -hmm. this is a, you know, we, you and I can definitely segue into motivation and uh, development off of this, but (laughs) they were so trapped in their mind of what do we do? They literally closed the door to the bedroom and left it that way for five years.
0: No way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So finally, finally, when they, you know, when they couldn't, you know, this property, I guess either, I think this investor either left a door hanger, you know, how do we look for properties, right? How, how does an yeah. investor find one? You, you walk down the street, see a bad roof, you know, leave a door hanger. Simple. Yeah. And so this investor managed to come across them and bought it as is, right? They, they did the repair budget. There was a certain price they could pay based on the repairs they needed to do. But these people were trapped in their mind of who's going to buy my house. I yeah. just closed the bedroom on a leak for five years.
1: Yeah, maybe and, it'll go away.
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe it'll I'm go away. You to close the door. <laughs> maybe uh, well, it'll go you know, away. But, that's, that's, but <laughs> yeah. now consider this. How many people do this? How many sellers yeah. do this? And how much opportunity is there because of it? Because no more than we know. Yeah, for it. sure.
1: And I don't mean to laugh. I, I, I no, certainly no, don't want to yeah. make fun of anybody's misfortune or the, the, the scary, yeah. scary thing of being stuck in a property. But it, I mean, yeah. if, you, if you think about it, like you and I, like that's, oh my God, that was, that would, that's, we know that that's the worst absolute thing you can do for that leak. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the, you got to figure out something. Tank. Yeah, that's uh, I can't imagine the the mold and after five mm-hmm. years of of the, that unhealthy living environment that they were living in. So, I yeah. you know, but I, I don't mean to make fun of that. I just the the concept of it and the idea because yeah. we know better. We know that we know that there's a way out.
3: <laughs> yes,
1: it's just and it's, that's uh, the point. But and it is with other things in life is like I, and I do it myself too on on a little things that I need to get taken care of if a problem pops up in life in relationship with my wife is a perfect one. If we get into a little tiff in the morning, well, if I don't, if I just ignore it, it'll go away.
2: <laughs> it never does. If
1: I just close the door, no, it'll go The away. small
2: problem goes <laughs> away. The big yeah. one comes.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it always comes back around somehow. And it, yeah. And so you just got to take care of it. The point is take care of things right away. And if and you as an agent or an investor, you can be that mm-hmm. person that goes in and helps somebody take care of it and yes. solve that problem. Yes. So that's, that's the way, it, you, you know, you got to provide value and and that's a huge way to do it is to kind of show people or help people understand that you, you yes. have a way out.
2: Correct. Mm-hmm. You're a problem solver. That's problem what solver. you're there for. And you don't have to look, the beauty of it is you don't have to be the person dealing with the mold in that room. Yeah. You have about. people for that, but that's where you make the connections, right? Your job is to, to be the center of influence. Your yep. job is is to know that you have a mold remediation company. You're going to immediately call up and say, Hey, I've got a problem. Or your investor that says, all right, I'll buy the property, but do you have a contact? Why? Yes, I do. Here's Mm -hmm. the company you're going to work with for mold remediation. Mm -hmm. And here's the company that's going to do roofing. And here's the company that's going to replace a septic tank. Mm -hmm. And suddenly, right. All this business is flowing through you. And guess what? When the guy who's uh, you know, the owner of the septic company, you know, septic tank company when he's buying or selling a house and he needs an agent well guess what he's doing yeah. he's picking up the phone and going hey you know I actually need you to find me a house and since i'm a a big shot you know septic tank company owner I'm not moving into a fifty thousand dollar condo I'm moving into a three million dollar house on the beach yeah. what's the commission on that one
0: yeah
1: exactly it's for so, sure yeah it's about just being a good <laughs> a good member of society and helping yeah. the economy and It'll yeah. come back around, but Absolutely. here's the thing too. You you made me think of something when you are saying sure. that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go out there and then and mm. we're getting late on time. So we're, we gotta, we could do this all day course.
2: as long as you want to. TJ,
3: think
1: about this now. If you're if we're speaking to agents mostly here, which is great because mm-hmm. because more agents need to learn how to invest. But but picture it this way: if you develop a book of investors, and then you you get a couple, you get a reputation of a, of an agent that is investor friendly doesn't try to gouge you with your commissions and you're you go above and beyond to help. Hey, you're going to get a ton of business from that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You're going to be given business to, um, like you said, roofing, roofing companies, septic companies, mm-hmm. uh, painters, drywall guys, all you, you're going to have, you're going to develop a, a great relationship with, with the, those providers, those contractors. Yep. And you're going to get, you're going to get, the deals. If you call them up and say, Hey, I got another job for you. I got another job for you. And the next mm-hmm. month I got another job for you. You're going to start to get price breaks. Absolutely.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So if you, you, have developed develop this team, the very simple next step is to get, get somebody, you know, start, start a, a little advertising or start putting it out there that, Hey, if you, as an investor, you don't want to deal with any of the dirty work, you get a hard money loan, mm-hmm. And you you fund the deal, and I will this is all my numbers, and this is what we'll do. We'll buy this mm-hmm. house, I'll take care of the whole thing, and then we split the profit. That way you don't you don't have any yeah. money in the deal whatsoever, and mm-hmm. you're just using your relationships and nurturing your relationships with your contractors and whoever else is involved. I mean, think about really? that, like think and you so you could just be doing deals mm-hmm. as a as a JV joint venture, mm-hmm. what, what I'm alluding to. I mean, that's yep. a, that's a whole nother, that's, that's a whole nother
2: topic. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there's so many ways. I say this all the time. There's so many ways to make money in real estate and you really don't, mm-hmm. you don't have to have as much money as you think you need to have to get going and get rolling. Right. And the more you, the more you do, the more deeper you get into the, the, the world of investing, it's almost like the less money you need to get ball rolling on deals.
2: Well, what you're doing is, is you're taking, think of it this way. Well, we'll let's, let's talk about finance uh, a little bit, right? Uh, <laughs> your commissions are active income, right? Yeah. You're working for this income, right? So you do work, you get paid. Excellent. Now, the more you hustle, the more you grind, the more you work, the more commissions you make. But you're limited on time. Yeah. There's only 24 hours in a day and your 24 hours are the same as mine. So there's only so many houses you can show. There's only so many commission, so much commission you can make. But what you then want to do is you want to invest that active commission. You want to roll it over into investments, whether real estate or otherwise. But hey, obviously we know real estate. That's what we do. So you roll it into real estate investments and then you start collecting passive income, right? Those are your rentals. You start collecting passive income. Now, what I want to you know hammer in also is you should not be thinking about property managing your properties yourself. Yeah. Because Heck property no. management <laughs> is another job. Yeah. That's something you, when you're dealing doing an analysis, immediately plug in some kind of value for property management and hand it off day one. Yep. Okay. And even if day one, you still choose to do it yourself because you figure I'm a real estate agent, I know what I'm doing, fine. Plug in into your analysis the, the, the number for property management just because when you have 100 doors, you don't want to manage them. It's a job. So, what you do is you hustle and grind for the commissions, right? So, all the tips and tricks we've discussed so far on how to get listings, great. You get your commissions, your income as is at, let's say, 100, 200, 300,000 for the year. You're out there selling houses, buying houses left and right. Excellent. Now, take a percentage of that, some percentage. Buy a house, as we just discussed. To do a flip for you will cost you twenty-eight. Let's say roughly twenty-eight, thirty thousand dollars. So you take thirty thousand dollars and you buy yourself a rental that you can either fix up and and re- refinance, or by the way, if you find a great opportunity for a fixed-up house that's turnkey and ready to go, and you can just put a tenant in and hold it, do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you take thirty thousand and you do this investment great you hustle and grind the next year again you're making you two three hundred thousand dollars again you take another thirty thousand and you and by the way that's little you could take forty thousand you could take sixty thousand right two houses and you invest it into two houses now you've got three doors but don't forget that that first house was paying you rent every single month you started cash flow now yep. year number two you buy another two doors right you do the same thing mm-hmm. coming into year number three, Again, you're hustling, grinding as an agent, getting your two, three hundred thousand in commission. But guess what? You now have three doors paying rent. So every single month you now have income coming in. You didn't have to hustle and grind for it. You went to the beach for a month and you hung out just, you know, drinking beer and doing nothing on the beach, swimming, having fun with your kids. (laughs) Guess what? That rent still flowed in
1: while you you sleep Build
2: up your portfolio. That's right. While you sleep, while you party, while you're having fun. And you are taking your active income and moving it, shifting it, investing it into passive yeah. investments for passive income. And that is the name of the game because sooner or later, when that passive income is more than your monthly expenses, you're now free.
0: Yeah. You're
2: free it's like whatever uh, you
1: what want. What does Robert Kiyosaki say? Pay yourself first. Yep. And by that, he means buy an investment mm-hmm. property that's going to yep. infinitely make money for you. With with your active income.
2: One of the best books I've read, uh, and this is really at the top of my list, uh, is Mm -hmm. The Richest Man in Babylon. Yep. You know, if you're going to say Think and Grow Rich, that's the granddaddy of them all. But for me, uh, The Richest Man in Babylon was really, uh, you know, kind of a foundational book. And And it's a short one. It's
3: it's a short one. one
2: And it's so fun. I read it to my son when he was uh, six, seven years oh, old, that's a good I idea. Kept reading it to him. And oh my God, my son loved it because the stories are great, but the lessons are so important. Yeah. And in that book, right, um, you know, uh, 10% of all you earn is yours to keep. There's that baseline right there, right? Yep. 10% of all you earn is yours to keep. So that uh, two, 300,000 in active income and in, uh, commissions, you know, in a year, guess mm-hmm. what? 20, $30,000 is something that you should be keeping and investing to grow into a bigger uh, nest egg.
1: Yeah. So, most definitely. Uh,
2: this is awesome. They, Wait, that's the shift.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're we're but we're going long. I don't mind though cuz it's such a good conversation. I don't either. But I don't want to I it, so you got some you got some things cooking. Like you have this wealth of information. Mm-hmm. And then you have this burning desire to share it. Yep. So tell us what you got cooking. Share it.
2: What I have cooking coming up in the next few months is coaching programs on, uh, there's two coaching programs I'm working on, and one will include the other in it, which is first of all, how to analyze and uh, fund deals, right? So this is for an investor, which it doesn't matter if you're an agent that's investing for yourselves, you still want to know this, which is how to analyze, right? Is the AFCB, right? Uh, So we were just discussing this, right? Analyze, fund capitalize, and then uh, be the money, you know, of investing, right? So how to analyze it, how to fund it, right? And funding and capitalizing are different things. Funding is what's available in general, right? You want to know what sources are available to you. Mm -hmm. And then capitalizing is your own personal opportunity, Mm -hmm. right? Some people might have a rich uncle. I don't. (laughs) So it's not an opportunity available to me, but it is out there. And you should know that
1: you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have to be the rich uncle. I think because <laughs> I, don't, I don't have one. So I'm, you want to be that, that one. I'm going to be that. Excellent.
2: <laughs> and then uh, how to be the money, right? How to mm-hmm. be the, the money partner in a deal and same thing, you know, we've been discussing uh, you mentioned that an investor can uh, find somebody with money, who's willing to fund the deal while they're the ones doing the work. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? It goes the other way as well. Yeah, You can have an investor who's going to buy a property and they're going to work on it, but guess what? They're short on cash and you're an, you're an agent that's hustling and bustling and you know, doing deals and you've got all this capital that you need to deploy. Guess mm-hmm. what? You can be the money for the investor, but you yeah. need to know how. So one program is how to do that, how to analyze, fund, capitalize, and be the money in the deal. The nice. second program, I'm working with an investor that's got 5,000 deals under his belt So that's a heavy hitter, uh, Mm -hmm. Rob Hanson. Yeah, he's been on the
1: show. He's been on the show, uh, I think show number, he was in the first 10 episodes. So if you look back, any listener look back, that's a good episode to listen to Rob too.
2: So Rob and I are putting together a program, which is how to be an investor's agent. Literally, this is the topic of the uh, coaching program. It's going to be seven to eight weeks. And the reason we broke it up is, you know, yeah, you could go hard over a weekend. But yeah. the reason why he and I, we split up the uh, sessions is so that people have time to absorb the information, come up with real questions so that the next time we're giving, you know, we're doing, you know, we're talking about material, yeah. you can bring real questions to the class and have real answers, right? This isn't yeah. a canned, uh, you know, here's what we're going to tell you, now go and
1: yeah, flop. That's great because right? it gives people time to take action in between yeah. And they, because every, no matter what, inevitably, once you start taking action, a whole slew of questions come up, <laughs> So if you're Always. already done with the program, you're like, Oh yeah. now nah, who do I call? What do I Not do? Not that you would be, I'm sure you wouldn't disappear. We're available. Yeah.
2: Right. But you're absolutely right. And the questions that one person comes up with can be massively useful to everybody else. Definitely. So what Rob and I are working on, like I said, is a uh, program for being an investor's agent. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what we talked about today, we will go into the nitty-gritty, right? Go through the deal analyzer, go through the lists you should be putting together. Mm -hmm. Rob has, you know, years and years of experience with uh, buying properties, selling Mm -hmm. properties. He renovates them himself. So that's a wealth of information. And I'm happy to provide the financial backing to all of it, right? To put it into how the numbers for these deals work.
0: Yeah.
1: That's a... Listen... If you're, if you're listening to this right now, that's solid gold that you have a, you have an agent investor who's been doing it for years and years and years. Yep. Great guy, full of knowledge, actively investing, actively being an agent. So you have and all that knowledge. And, and you then, get to
2: hear about cartels.
1: Yeah. He's got he, great stories.
2: Yeah. and <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah. His investments have awesome stories to go. along with. So that's just a bonus. But then you also get you with all of the lending side and the financing side. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, that is the yep. complete package in your coaching program. Yes. So that's, that's a, that's a no brainer A lot of times you get one or the other, or you, yeah. you know, oh. you get an investor that's teaching and it's no, this, so you got agent investor lender because you're both investors. Yes. You're a lender. He's the agent. Yep. I mean, that is the, that's all, that's the, the recipe right there. So that's awesome. If so, so I know, um, hopefully, well, I'm sure somebody's going to be like this, I want to talk to this smart guy for learning more about this.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: It's coaching. So you're going to, you're going to give something away here. What, what, tell us about that. Yes,
2: uh, 15 minute discovery call. You can uh, get in touch nice. with me and talk to me. Uh, we can discuss your investing. We can discuss coaching, uh, you know, pretty much this entire world. Mm-hmm. Uh, the easiest way to get in touch with me is you can visit our website at www.mearsgroupllc.com. That's spelled M as in Mark, I as in Inga, R as in Robert, S as in Sebastian. Group, dot LLC.com. Or you can uh, go to, Cal. you know, use my Calendly link to schedule a call with me. Mm-hmm. Calendly.com forward slash Mears Group, LLC.
1: Nice. And, I'll, and uh, I'll put those in the show notes mm-hmm. for sure. Thanks. Um, yeah, they'll, they'll, you can just click the link in the show notes to get to either the website and/or and the, the calendar link to talk to Mark. So yep. uh, I, want, I want you to fill up his calendar. I want him to do nothing about <laughs> be talking to, him. Talk to people.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, and, and if you haven't guessed by now, Mark loves to talk. So, yeah. you will, I promise, whether you decide to, to, to go forward with his coaching program or not, you will get some value out of that call. Absolutely. And you'll probably go longer than fifteen minutes. I'm just known mark. <laughs> you go, you might stretch a little bit. So 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 set a time. Set aside at least a half hour. I would say, not that you'll go that long, but just either now. way. Just in case we'll have fun. So this is awesome, man. Uh, one more question for you. That's sure. what I ask everybody. Um, what? Uh, now I'm kind of hesitant to ask you this question because, <laughs> as I said, you, we're going to go on another half an exact,
2: hour. No problem. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Was there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you? Huh? Did I, did I stump you?
2: <laughs> did um, I make Marko Abramovich you know, speechless? No, no, not <laughs> at all. I, I think we've, we've had a, we've had a good talk definitely with the subject yeah. matter of uh, investor agents. We've covered a lot. Um, you and I talked about uh, scaling and systematizing things mm-hmm. uh, that we didn't talk about. And I could briefly touch on it and just say, just even give in my us, business yeah, give right, us one, high level,
1: give us one, like one statement about about scaling
2: you need a team i thought i could do Mm. it all on my own and little by little it started crushing me so you need to figure out and in the first place at least in the beginning just figure out some mundane tasks you can hand off to someone else as funny as it is i have a person that literally when deal forms get filled out this person takes the information from the online form and populates an excel calculator that we use to uh you know to, to crunch numbers on deals It seems funny why wouldn't you automate it why wouldn't you whatever guess what that time and money investment is not worth it to me to have this person available and charging me what she charges is -hmm. is worth everything to me so that's that was the first hire i made now after that i started hiring uh, loan officers people to collect documents so that i wouldn't have to chase uh, borrowers Mm -hmm. and i started hiring people so you need a team now like you said somebody to edit your videos listen you know, you know yeah. it too. You need to hire them.
0: Definitely. That's
2: uh, that's on scaling. You need it. To, you need those people. Yeah. And make it simple tasks, right? Simple, repetitive tasks. Nothing brilliant. Just keep hammering at it. Later on, you can start hiring people that are more creative. That you can, mm-hmm. you know, you're cloning yourself. But to begin with, just hand off the tasks. Yeah. Now, the second thing is, and you and I talked about this before, and I want to tell people that, look. Work is work and having your own business and working for yourself. And as an agent, even when you're working for a broker, you're still working for yourself. This is your client list. This is your interaction with people. Mm -hmm. These are your contacts that you're forming. So you're working for yourself. It will be tough. You will have dark nights of the soul where you're thinking, why did I do this to myself? Oh my God, it's crushing. A deal will be going bad and you're going to be freaking out. It happens to all of us. If somebody tells you that they have this magical life, they haven't been doing it long enough, or they're not doing nearly enough. Yeah. All of us you know, have our stories of getting burned. All of us have our stories of bad deals. It happens to everybody. You know, Just know that you're not alone. And this is also where, again, that network of people that you can reach out to and ask for guidance, or even just cry on their shoulder, it helps, right? Having them um, You know, my wife has been wonderful for me to talk to. It's funny because we will have these talks where I tell her my problems and she Mm -hmm. solves them and she tells me her problems and and I solve them. Mm -hmm. And what's really amusing and amazing is that what I see as these huge burdens that are crushing me, she laughs and says, all right, here's what we're going to do here. Here's what we're going to do there. Here's what we're going to do. And I sit there going, it was crushing me. how did I not see the simple solution and vice versa she'll turn around and lay on me her problems and I laugh and I say, well that's simple we're gonna do this we're gonna do this we're gonna do this and she's sitting there going wow you know that's so simple and such so elegant to do so you just know that you will have tough moments Mm -hmm. know that there will be bad deals know that you are not alone and know that you need to find people around you that are that can be your mentors, or at least on the same level as you mm-hmm. to help you out, and uh, you know, be yeah. a shoulder.
1: Exactly. So, and to, to to sum it up for me, a, a team doesn't mean you know hire staff, right? Necessarily, it could, um, but a right. team a team means find a mentor or many mentors that you can bounce things off of and help guide you. You know, mastermind with peers.
3: Yeah.
1: You know, network because you find that you are not alone in your challenges. And you know whether it's uh, passing things off to someone, to, like hire somebody, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, to do a mundane task, or um, hire a VA, or just or pay somebody, go to Fiverr and pay somebody if it's a one-off thing. A yeah. I mean, great example is I I uh, I send newsletters every month and. I was stuffing them in it like when you stuff newsletters and the stamps and all that stuff, it's, it's, it's crazy. So I started Don't you have kids. Yeah. Oh, well, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> so now my 12 my year old does that for, for a small nominal fee every month. Mm-hmm. She, she does it and it's great. She's much faster than I am. So, but it's just about that. Hire just hire it out. Procrastination, hire it yeah. out, pass it off, things off of people and uh, you know, surround yourself with, Surround yourself with people who are on their way up yeah. or have done the things that you aspire to do.
2: Fellow travelers.
1: That's right. Fellow travelers. <laughs> awesome. All right. We got to end it. We got to end it now.
2: Unfortunately, all good things come to an end.
1: If you, if you're willing, we'll do a, uh, we'll do a Facebook live on the Facebook page Okay. To, to kind of, to dig into this, this specific topic a little bit more. Sure. I've come calling you out right in the, right on the recording here. <laughs> no problem. All right. Let's do awesome. It. So we'll schedule that, but in the meantime, uh, do yourself a favor, book a call with Mark, um, go to the Mears group, You can, you can get your calendar link from there too, right? Yes. Perfect. Yes. So do that. Uh, click on the show notes, click on the links in the show notes, schedule a call, pick his brain for a few minutes and, uh, learn more about his coaching program, which is going to be phenomenal. And it's what beginning of next year?
2: Uh, <clears throat> most likely. Yes. It may, it may happen sooner, which will be a, a bonus to everybody, but uh, yeah. by beginning of next year, definitely. You're just wrapping up the
1: – you're making sure that this is a quality coaching program. Yes. And I'm... you don't want to launch it too, too early. I get that for sure. No. Yeah. Awesome. So cool. So do all that. Thanks, Mark. Man, it's been awesome.
2: Likewise. Thanks, DJ. Take right. care, everybody.